0: Hey everybody, welcome to the WWE Podcast. It is Tuesday, April 5th, 2022, and WrestleMania 38 has concluded. We can now look ahead to WrestleMania 39 in LA, and this Raw after WrestleMania, right off the bat, guys, I have to say, did not feel like a Raw after WrestleMania, and I even remember feeling this way last year, and that's probably because of the pandemic and all that, but since... WWE has been in, fun, in front of live crowds, barring the whole pandemic era. I would have to say this did not feel like a raw after WrestleMania. It had its hints of that, right? Like the, the crowd was trying to sink their teeth into something. They were coming up with some unique chants, like "We are losers, we are sheep." I think there was a few other things that they said. Uh, "We don't care," I think, is what they also chanted to Damian Priest, but if you plop this Monday night raw blindly into a lineup of raws and you didn't know that it was a raw after WrestleMania, you probably wouldn't identify this as the raw after WrestleMania. And it should be blatantly obvious when it's a raw after WrestleMania and just didn't feel like it at all. And it's not just, you know, I'm not pointing this at the crowd because they, again, they, they were waiting for something big, some kind of big return. um, You know, and, and I mean, they had Ezekiel. I don't know what more you could ask for. I mean, the the brother of Elias. I mean, you talk about major, major returns and debuts. That that I think that even supersedes anything that happened to WrestleMania. I mean, that was that was earth shattering. And uh, oh yeah, don't worry, we're going to talk about Ezekiel. And but but the crowd in general in Dallas in the American Airlines Arena, they were just waiting for something, and rightfully so. The Raw after WrestleMania has become kind of a quasi pay per view in its own right, and the standard for the bar for the Monday Night Raw after WrestleMania has been set much higher than any other typical Raw. And rightfully so, too, because there have been a lot of great moments on the Raw after WrestleManias. Cash-ins, big returns, John Cena uh, getting laid out by Brock Lesnar. I mean, there, there you know, that was only, what, 10 years ago. There have been major moments. Dolph Ziggler becoming uh, world champion. You know, there have been some great chants. Cesaro oh and Cesaro destroying the beach ball. People just going into business for themselves. And I, I don't believe we even got the disclaimer from Corey Graves and Michael Cole from corporate to make sure that the audience at home knows that this is bizarro world and that you may hear people being cheered for that normally get booed and vice versa. We didn't get that that us, that usual brainwashing ahead of time, but there was none of that needed because not a lot of it happened. And again, I'm not pointing the blame at the audience because they didn't have a whole lot to go on. There wasn't a whole lot happening here. And again, it wasn't a, let let me just also preface this by saying this was not a bad Monday Night Raw. In fact, I would argue if this wasn't the Raw after WrestleMania, I probably would have a bit of a more positive view because it progressed a lot of storylines, had some, had a big turn on MVP, another, a re-debut of Elias, now known as Ezekiel. Uh, Veer Mahan, I mean, guys, the Veer Mahan watch is over attacking the Mysterios. He's coming in as a heel, so we know that. The long way to return. And Edge and Damian Priest have aligned themselves together. Maybe there'll be a third. You got to have three to be a faction. All right. So there's got to be a third. I don't want Edge in a, a tag team. Okay. I want him in a faction, a leader of three or more. So we'll see if that materializes. But there have there were some big things that happened on Raw. But nothing, I guess, to the level that I feel like it should have been. And not only did it not have a ton to go on from a Raw after WrestleMania standpoint, which, again, is sometimes unfairly high of a standard. You end it the way you ended WrestleMania on a a flat six-month-old soda note. I mean, that's exactly what it feels like. I shouldn't say six months. Probably, like, if you if you open a can of soda... And then you just stick it back in the fridge, and like, you know, three days later, you go to drink it. That's how WrestleMania ended, and that's how Raw ended. It's like, it's not the worst thing in the world, but you're like, mm, this could be a whole lot better if it was fresh, right? It's like that. That's how Raw ended, just apropos the same way it ended WrestleMania, where you're, you know, Roman's standing there in victory or whatever, and you're waiting for somebody or something, some big return, somebody to stand up to him. And it didn't happen. You know, I, I actually kept waiting for, if you smell at the end of Raw. You know, nope. I, I, I don't mean, I don't know at this point where the hell The Rock is, why they haven't brought him in, at least just for a night. And then he can be via satellite, you know, every like once a month, just check in to remind us that this, this match is going to happen in 12 months in L.A., you know, something. And they still did nothing with The Rock. I guess I should right now retire the idea of The Rock. Because that has been my whole premise for WWE and my hope and my hope of WWE justifying them using the slogan of biggest WrestleMania match of all time to bring The Rock in and retire that idea and retire the fact that uh, that, that he's probably not coming anytime soon. I mean, I, I really thought about it at Survivor Series last year with the golden egg and WWE celebrating, what, 25 years since The Rock debuted or whatever it was as the blue chipper, Rocky Maivia, and I thought he would for sure show up as, even as a cameo, rock bottom, somebody, nothing. It's been radio silence, radio silence from uh, the Rock's camp, and I know he's got a ton of projects going on, a ton, stuff, I guess, that he's working on that we don't know about, yet somehow he also has time to be in the gym 28 hours a day and somehow I mean, I really believe The Rock has just found some kind of time machine that allows him to have more than 24 hours in a day. There's some kind of secret. He's hacked the Matrix. That's what I believe. He has hacked into the Matrix, this simulation that we're all living in, and he has cracked the code to being able to freeze time. Because how how The Rock manages to do everything he does between media appearances between being just a dad and a father and a a husband or maybe you know maybe that's lacking but i mean it looks like from at least his instagram which take that with a grain of salt that he's doing in in being a good dad and husband he spends 18 hours a day in the gym he's got he's uh, the owner of the xfl bought it from vince mcmahon There, there there's just like movies movie sets movie deals commercials again how the hell does he do this And I guess the other part of this is if he has found this time machine, he's found all this time. Well, can he spare one effing night to come to WrestleMania and hit somebody with a rock bottom and start a year long program? You don't have to be there every week. You can do what you did with John Cena back in WrestleMania 26, 27, and just be there via satellite. People will be just fine. Okay. So anyway, uh, I guess I'm just, uh, I'm giving up on the rock idea for now. I'm retiring it. I'm putting it to bed. Okay, that's what I'm gonna say. So anyway, guys, that was a, a bit of a long open, but I wanted to get that out there. Thank you everybody for joining me here on the WWE podcast. Uh, we are right now, as I speak, right now the number thirty podcast in the United States for wrestling. And that is very temporary, I know, because the big the big time podcast will come roaring back over the next couple of weeks and I'll probably be back in my usual top fifty-ish spot, and that's cool. It's cool, you know. I still feel I'm very um, excited to be able to at least reach this, even if it's a temporary goal here. Because right now, as I speak, guys, we are above a lot of big name podcasts. Again, very temporary. This could be—it's just this very minute that this is the case. If you go check by the time you listen to it, you're like you're gonna look at it. You're like, what are you talking about, dude? You're just lying to us. That's because they change like by the hour. But as of this moment, we are we we are ranked higher than the Torch, the Observer. Uh, Bischoff's podcast, Booker T's podcast, the uh, Ravens podcast, and the New Day. We are right now ranked above New Day's podcast. That's, That's a really cool deal. It's all because of you guys. We had record downloads over the weekend. A lot of it had to do with WrestleMania. Okay. And I really appreciate it. Some of you are brand new. Some of you have come in from TikTok and I really appreciate that. Uh, We have been creating content all over the place. Our website is is brand new and fresh, and I I really encourage you to go check it out if you want to go ad-free, by the way. Ad-free and 50% off and videos, 50% off. Use promo code WrestleMania when you go VIP on the website, and that that WrestleMania code is going to be going away. We're going to be extending it for just a few more days. And then uh, that sale will be going away, as well as on Apple Podcasts. Right now, it's ninety nine cents to get yourself ad free. You just click the subscribe button on Apple Podcasts right within the app, and you can get ninety nine cents a month, or you do ten dollars for the entire year ad free. Lock that in. Even if we raise the price, you're locked in. We can't we can't touch it. And lastly, on Patreon, which guys you are so much fun to listen to and watch on our Discord server, uh, you can join us there for just a dollar, for five dollars in the second tier you get videos as well as everything else that's in the first tier. So check that out if you're interested. And um, speaking of which on Patreon, I would like to welcome a few new people who joined us over the last couple of days. Bruce Alter, Rodney Nickens. I hope I said that right. Rodney Nickens Jr. Uh, I appreciate you guys. Thank you for joining us here on the WWE podcast. I hope you enjoy your stay. If there's anything I can do to make your stay more comfortable, please let me know. I don't know why I feel like I'm in hospitality, but, i guess that's what it is now so uh let's see what else here um i oh shout out to uh ashley's podcast if you guys haven't checked out ashley man who's been here with me on the WWE podcast since day one i feel like she has her own podcast called kick ash k-i-k-a-s-h it's called kick ash podcast and i'd really recommend you guys give it a, a little bit of love as well as michael ritter who is our SmackDown review guy, co-hosting with John? He has a podcast called Football Function. I'd appreciate it if you guys go and give them some love, hit that subscribe button, give them a five-star rating, and uh, just kind of as a thank you because they have helped out this show more than I can tell you, and I really want to give that give it back to them, and um, hopefully you guys will, will join me in that uh, join me in that venture. So, one last thing: I know I shamelessly promote things at the beginning of the show, but Hey, man's got to pay his bills. Uh, The last thing is, on the website, if you go to www.podcast.com and you love to shop on Amazon, there's a huge big red button, okay? Right in the middle of the darn page, um, as you scroll down, you can't miss it. It's the Amazon link. If you do any shopping on Amazon, click that link because it'll kick back whatever you buy on Amazon, a a very small percentage back to the show. Um, I really recommend that you do that maybe bookmark that link. So every time you do shopping, it connects us to Amazon and it tells Amazon that we sent you and they give us like a small, really small percentage back, but it adds up. Okay. And I really appreciate everybody who's done that. I do see that people have clicked on it and trust me, there's no extra hidden fees or anything. It's simply their affiliate marketing uh, program that we were signed up and approved for. That's all it is. Okay. It's affiliate marketing. There's no extra anything. I just want to be very clear on that. So, uh, yeah, I really appreciate it. And Mr. and Mrs. Casual Wrestling Fan will be back tomorrow. Already, it's been a week. They're back tomorrow with more of your mailbag answers and emails that they'll be answering. So send me your questions to uh, mailbag at com for Mr. and Mrs. Casual Wrestling Fan. I'll be doing voicemails just like last week. And if you are um, in Patreon, Send your message internally on Patreon to just, the the, you know, I I believe there's like a contact, the the creator or whatever. Whatever you guys normally message me in on your end, send me your messages through Patreon and uh, you'll be prioritized in Mr. and Mrs. Casual Wrestling fans' responses. So, guys, let's talk about Monday Night Raw. I I did a little bit of the open here and then I did some shameless plugging, but let's get back to it. I, again, I did enjoy Monday Night Raw and... I thought that it was productive. I thought it moved things in the right direction. And the next pay-per-view, by the way, I did a little bit of research, okay, just to see where we're going in the next few months, just to see, because I'm like not sure of the pay-per-view schedule. So, okay, we got through WrestleMania, right? WrestleMania Backlash is on May 8th, so we've got four weeks more of television to get through. That's, That's pretty significant, about standard. It is in Providence, Rhode Island at WrestleMania Backlash. June fifth is Hell in a Cell. July second is Money in the Bank, and then get this: July thirtieth is SummerSlam in Nashville. Okay, that's as far as it goes. Uh, Survivor Series. We actually we don't know about September. We don't know about October. Probably because somewhere in there they're going to Saudi Arabia for all, all the shows that you know we all love so much. And then Survivor Series is on November 26th in Boston. So uh, that's that's the pay-per-view schedule, guys. So first up, of course, is WrestleMania Backlash on May 8th in Providence, Rhode Island. And they certainly moved things forward this week. And I'll start with Cody Rhodes, who came out and opened the show. He may have been the biggest thing on the show, to be honest, in terms of star power uh, outside of Roman Reigns. But outside, I mean, look, we'll get to the finish of, of Raw. It <laughs> As I, as he said, I wasn't very high on it. Let me just say that it was just nothing more than a promo for Smackdown to say, Hey, I'm here to just promote Smackdown. Here's the hook, watch the show. So you guys can see who my next opponent is essentially. But Cody Rhodes comes out and gave a very emotional promo about his, his, uh, his, his, his father, Dusty Rhodes put up a very, very famous picture of him, shared some personal things about his father, how the picture he put up was the, the, was the picture that was in his bedroom. I think it was, could be wrong on the room of his father's house until he took his dying breath, right? That was a very uh, meaningful picture to him and his family with Dusty Rhodes there. And he said something very important to me that I I really thought was cool. And it was also growth for Cody Rhodes. And that is that he said that he was really, at at first, it's taken him a long time to stop trying to perform, stop trying to do things for his dad, but do now do things for himself and thereby doing things for his dad by doing things for himself because that's what his dad would have wanted. That was a good point to bring up because with a name like Rhodes, Dusty Rhodes, people, I mean, look, if you're like me, I'm 37. If you are my age or younger, you probably didn't see a whole lot of Dusty Rhodes. I mean, you might have seen maybe the son of a plumber promo, which good God almighty, if you have not seen son of a plumber go Google it or YouTube it. Just put Dusty Rhodes, son of a plumber, boom, come right up. And, and the reason I say that is because if you want to see a promo with actual guts, feeling, and the opposite of most of today's promos, like 95% of them, go check that out because you, you'll you be reminded what pro wrestling can be in terms of promos. Now, that said, Dusty Rhodes' career, <clears throat> all, the WWE championship always eluded him. And Cody Rhodes had said that, you know, Undertaker has held it. Shawn Michaels has held it. Hulk Hogan, who got a whole lot of booze, <laughs> which is funny. Uh, he held it and that he wants to do his father, do by his father, uh, do right by his father and by himself. And he will make himself WWE world champion, essentially. I mean, I guess the official name we've landed on, by the way, is WWE um universal or WWE undisputed universal champion. I think that's what we've landed on. Why it needs to be so many names and things or so many words in the name. I don't know. Um, But that said, he wants to focus on the WWE championship. Now, is it going to be right away? I don't think so because I think Roman going to SmackDown on Friday is going to lead to maybe Drew McIntyre and, yeah, you know, I, I, So that said, I think he'll hang out on SmackDown for a little while, but this is going to be very interesting to see how they manage with Roman Reigns now being able to work with anybody on the roster, anybody, Raw or SmackDown, but also have one show without a top champion while that while Roman is competing on the other brand with whoever is challenging him at the moment. For For instance... Say Drew McIntyre comes out at uh, on SmackDown. He interrupts Roman. They finally go face to face. We get a, you know a nice a nice stare down. They they're building to the next pay per view at Backlash. Well, then what does that leave Raw? I know Cody made his intentions known, but he didn't say when. I think it was just behind the scenes. If you were to read between the lines, it was whenever Roman's done on SmackDown with Drew or whoever's going to challenge him, I'll be waiting in the wings. As the next challenger. In so many words. I think that's the way that WWE is going to work this. Because Roman can't do double duty. And not only is it. I think overexposing Roman. But it also. It splits the importance of each rivalry. I think. You want to be able to focus on Roman and somebody. Not Roman and multiple people. It, it gets to me a little bit diluted. When you have your world champion. Fighting. Fighting two people just for the sake of making sure that both shows have a top champion that they can contend for it. it this is where they're, they're They've now booked themselves into whatever mess that they have booked themselves into now, because they wanted to unify the titles and make sure that they can make this WrestleMania match between Brock and Roman as big as possible. Now they've done it. Now they have to live with the consequences of this. The consequences, the downside is just what I said, you're going to have one world champion that sure can float between any brand. I actually accept that it makes total sense. But you're going to have one brand probably uh, for at least a a one to two month period without a top champion that people are talking about that they can contend for unless they do some kind of tournament, uh, whatever that lasts a really long time, because whoever's Roman Roman's working with, say, for example, it is uh, Drew McIntyre on SmackDown. That program presumably is going to last one, two, three months. And what's Roman going to do? He's going to hang out on SmackDown most of the time. He's not going to be on Raw. So maybe the focus gets put on the uh, the United States championship, which, by the way, guys, uh, the United States championship and intercontinental championship were not on WrestleMania. Think about that. Yeah, but that's that's the downside. The positive is you can have the world champion work with anybody, but it's kind of half assing your brand split. Right. Because now you have two worlds, but only one top championship. And you're going to have one brand without a top championship for however long the champion is working with their opponent on the other brand. So, I mean, sure, again, Roman could do multiple double duty here, but I I would not advise that. So it's going to be very interesting to see the downside, how they manage that. And uh, my point is, though, with Cody Rhodes, a very emotional promo. It felt a little forced at times. I I was trying to see if he was giving us some crocodile tears. I I saw a few crocodile tears I have to say I have to say I saw a little bit of crocodile tears I'm not saying his whole promo was bs or 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 rooted in total falsehood no I I think there was a lot of truth there but it felt a little bit like a forced choke up I'm not saying for sure but Cody's much better and much improved on the microphone and I'm not I'm not saying for sure it was, and somebody's going to come in there and say that was genuine. And, and, and you know what? It may have been. I just sensed a little bit of forced emotional uh, emotion there. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong, but it didn't hurt the promo in my mind because I think that he stated his mission clear, and I, I'm glad that he essentially gave us his mission statement that he's going to he's going to capture that WWE Championship, the WWE Undisputed Universal Championship, whatever the hell it is, for his not just his dad but for himself and for us. So cool. Fine. Great. And Cody could be the one to take it off Roman. Why not? Cody Rhodes has a a lot of days in front of him. He's found his identity. He knows who he is. He's not Stardust. He's not just the son of a plumber. He's not Dusty Rhodes' kid. The American uh, Nightmare has his own fan base. He's got his own following. He has separated himself enough from his dad to not be overshadowed by his dad anymore, but be able to mention his dad as a strengthening of his own character instead of trying to lean on his dad as a crutch and reminding us that he's here because of his dad, right? Which is what had happened in his previous run and how people viewed him. So I think that overall, this was a really good promo from Cody. Uh, Seth Rollins did come out to interrupt didn't say anything they just shook hands and he left it was weird I, I mean Seth didn't say anything I, I I did not understand so what was Seth out there for I don't know I was very confused by that but they shook hands and that was that okay let's get into a little bit more of the meat of the show here we got sasha banks I'm gonna jump a little bit all over the place guys as I normally do so that's how my brain works, and it's my show. Sasha Banks and Naomi defeat Rhea Ripley and Liv Morgan via pinfall. And this is, um, th- I mean, this match was was fine. You, you would imagine that the uh, new uh, women's tag team champions have a little bit of momentum here, and they're going to continue to get victories until somebody challenges them. And, um, you know, don't don't worry. One of the women's tag teams already dissolved, which I, what did I say? I said the minute that WrestleMania is over, I said you know, one or two of those tag teams, and I say quote unquote, tag teams that were thrown together to make the illusion, create the illusion that there's an actual women's tag division, uh, which by the way, dirty secret, there's not. They're going to have one or two teams break up. Well, we got one of them on on, on Raw in Carmella and Zelina Vega. So, I mean, we'll get to that breakup in a minute, too, with all the weird makeout with Cody. Uh, Corey Graves, very weird. But here we uh, th- this match between Banks and Naomi versus Ripley and Morgan. This it was fine. I mean, Morgan hit a face buster into Banks knees. Morgan apologized to Ripley after the match and Ripley walked off, uh walked out. And then later in the show, Ripley told Morgan that she'd convinced WWE officials to give them a title shot next week. Despite their loss, and then the, 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 they hugged. Okay, so um, this was not on Hulu, not on Hulu, which tells you all you need to know about the importance of this. But it is it is significant because Sasha and Naomi need opponents. They need opponents. I mean, at least they showed up on Raw. They didn't just just slip and fall on a banana peel into the black hole like a lo- like so many women who win these tag belts do. So that's good. And these these two could be a longstanding uh, rivalry for them. I mean, not that they have really a whole lot of other places to go. Uh, okay. Elias then returned as Ezekiel. He interrupted a Kevin Owens promo. Owens talked about Stone Cold and said that he had a bad back and that, you know, this should be stricken from the record that he lost to Austin. and and And, and just taking and, and giving a lot of excuses. He gave a lot of excuses about his back, how he's in pain, he should have called it off, but he was here for us and, you know, all that. And it it made me want to see Stone Cold come out and drop him with another stunner, which I'm kind of sad he didn't, honestly. I thought Austin would be there on Monday Night Raw. I really did. I mean, not to get into another program or another match, but just for, you know, to, to kind of bolster the show a little bit, just for one more night, come back and hit one more stunner and get on a plane and leave and go back to your ranch, you know? And they didn't. It just, I don't know. Did they not have a sense of urgency for Raw? Did they not want to pop a rating? Did like, did uh, it felt like a a kind of a complacent, ah, you'll be here because it's a Raw after WrestleMania. And then not delivering on that label of Raw after WrestleMania. Very, very confusing. But Elias returns as Ezekiel. People were not sure what the hell to think when he first came out. I didn't know who he was until he came out. And you had to really look. the the no beard thing on Elias is very weird. I have to say it's almost as weird, but not quite as Shawn Michaels with no hair. Yeah, not that, not that disturbing, but it it was definitely a weird sight. And Elias denied himself as Elias and said, he's the brother, little brother of Elias. He's Ezekiel. And it it was, it was very, this was also weird. Owens laughed him off. He threatened to do something. If he didn't get out of the ring in 10 seconds, he counted down from 10 and then Owens himself left. So boy, you talk about a fall from grace for Kevin Owens, right? You go, you go from bringing stone cold, Steve Austin out of retirement, main eventing WrestleMania to working with Ezekiel. I mean, wow. I mean, that's not, that's not a, Epic fall. That's like an eternal fall. <laughs> I mean, he might as well be working with, uh, uh, like, some kind of uh, lucha house party member or something. I mean, th- that's how far he's fallen. And I-, I hope this is not a long-standing program. But Ezekiel, I got to say, I'm not, I'm not exactly excited about it. WWE Vince just it feels that some for some reason he has to change names of people that don't need name changes. Now I know Elias threw his guitar in a fire pit a year ago, or however long it's been, and that was a symbolic change of his character. But do we really also need a name change? Elias was kind of a cool name. You go to Ezekiel, it sounds kind of dorky. I, I, I mean, I mean, it's also a biblical name. It's not a terrible name, but it doesn't it doesn't instill fear. It's kind of like kind of dorky, kind of I don't know. Um not my favorite name to go from Elias to Ezekiel, and also the story of him denying his identity that he's he's, he's Elias, he's really Ezekiel or uh, Elias's brother. I I don't know. This was weird, and, and and I don't know what to make of it. The fans didn't either. They were just like, "What the hell is this?" Okay, Miz defeats uh, Dominic Mysterio after hitting the skull crushing finale. And this match was very quick, again, in a match that was not on Hulu, so I had to do my notes here, and I'm, I'm using a website as a guide here. But The Miz did defeat Dominic Mysterio. I'm fine with it because I I really, I really dislike Dominic so much that I'm willing to sacrifice a Miz victory for that. Like Dominic Mysterio is just vanilla on top of vanilla on a vanilla cone. And there's nothing fun about it. It's just, you know, exactly what you're going to get. It's never exciting. There's not really any, any like kind of substance or personality to it. It's just blah. So The Miz defeating Dominic Mysterio, I really don't care. The debut of Veer then came next. He came back and he attacked or he came back. He came down to the ring and attacked both the Mysterios after Dominic lost. So there's that. Vera Mahan is now an official part of the WWE Raw roster, guys. Everybody can breathe easy. That's that's you talk about a moment of the night. That was a moment of the night. Vera Mahan's debut. Bianca Belair then celebrated the uh Raw Women's Championship, talked about the, her her black eye, and said that she was ready to defend because <laughs> guys, I you know, I I should I'm not saying that I'm smarter than anybody. I'm not. Trust me. There's a lot of a lot of listeners out there that are way. Deeper in wrestling knowledge than I am and are smarter than I am. But I do have to say that every WrestleMania that I have come off over the last several years, I have said that the person who wins, a babyface that finally climbs the mountain and wins, they have a corporate mandate to come out and say that they will be a fighting champion in so many words. Why does that need to always be every babyface's declaration? So Bianca essentially said this herself. She talked about her nasty eye, right? And then said that she was ready to defend against anyone and everyone now that she's back on top. So again, I'm a defend I'm a I'm a fighting champion. Good God, man. Can, Can we get a different, less cozy like promo? Somebody with a little bit of an edge? Somebody that doesn't always have to say when they debut. That it's my dream to be here. I've always dreamed. It's my dream, 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 dream. WWE is my dream. All I do is dream. Shut just shut up, right? Can I get somebody that's real and doesn't just just stroke the core the corporate, you know what? I was gonna say something really dirty. You know what I'm gonna say, right? Think about it. It's a PG show, I can't. But ugh. all right, I feel like I'm I'm gonna go like WWE podcast after dark. Maybe I'll make that a thing. A WWE podcast after dark would be a much more colorful, uh, a colorful show. Maybe I'll make that like a video podcast or something. What do you guys think about that? Like WWE after dark, I'll create its own little logo. And it's just like a, it's a much more adult version of this show, but in snippets. Like I I wouldn't be able to record a whole podcast like, uh, like here I am now. I mean, I barely have time to do this, but rather like video snippets of things. And I don't know. Let me know what you guys' ideas on that. Okay, let's move on. Bianca Belair again. Oh well, she she talked about her Raw Women's Championship her victory, and, and you know she's she's fine on her promo, and that black eye looks rough. I got to say, and the crowd was with her generally, but no Becky. Just a a victory statement and uh, essentially like a a bow, and she left. Again, not very raw after WrestleMania. Is that a word? Wrestlemania. Wrestlemania E. Okay. NXT championship was on the line, though. Braun Breaker faced Dolph Ziggler. Braun Breaker did beat Dolph Ziggler clean, and he fought off the uh, the interference from Robert Roode. He got the, the win after the military press power slam. Braun Breaker, I I think this is a good stage to introduce him. I think that that's what this is really all about. It's making the impact. It's making the statement, blah, 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 right? And it was, though. It's true. I mean, I mock that, but it's true. And it was a good stage to put Braun Breaker on if you're trying to introduce him in front of the more mainstream audience that doesn't probably watch NXT. That's probably why he didn't get as big of a reaction as he would in NXT, Itself because people in Raw, a majority of them were probably like, huh? Who? What was this? Right? But Braun Brecker is now your new NXT champion. MVP came out and put over Lashley as he didn't even need my help and uh, put him over uh, like a million bucks and saying he's the almighty. Lashley comes out and they seem like they're all buddy, buddy, but. MVP, after he challenged, or after Omas came out and said he got lucky, it was a fluke, challenged Lashley. Lashley was about to step to him. MVP attacks Lashley from behind, and then they both proceed to beat down Bobby Lashley. I really like this. I really like this on, on every level, every level, because Lashley needs a boost. He's established as a baby face, but he shed any heel tendencies or heel connections he has had now. MVP was the last of that. MVP turned on him. So the heel connection's gone there. Plus, it now makes you get behind Bobby to want to see him get his hands on MVP. And he will. It also gives Omos a mouthpiece that he so desperately needs. It's a win, win, win all the way around. It was very well executed. Crowd was behind Lashley. They were booing this segment. This was, I mean, I can't say enough about it, really. It was good. Solid segment, easy to understand, and all parties involved win. Omos gets a mouthpiece. MVP gets to work and help out a new talent. And Bobby Lashley continues to get that babyface boost by Sympathy through sympathy, wanting to, and and also vengeance living vicariously through Bobby to want to see him get his hands on MVP. Good stuff. Really good stuff. Okay. uh, Let's see. Queen Zelina attacked Carmella after blaming Carmella for the tag team loss at uh, WrestleMania. They that's, she blamed her for the reason why they lost their women's tag titles and Carmella and her fought a little bit. Uh, Zelina kicked her outside the ring and, was about to chase her and about to hit Carmella. And then Corey Graves shields his, his fiance. And then they do just some weird, weird stuff, right? Like Carmella and Corey Graves is the worst kept secret in pro wrestling. I mean, as far as couples go and they, they I mean, everyone's known about it for many, 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 many months. And then they bring it out to the forefront just a couple of months ago. And now they have a full out makeout session on raw. It was uncomfortable and that's being kind to watch. I just uncomfortable. Because Carmela, I mean I, I wouldn't mind like a a quick 2 3 seconds and then they cut to break. It felt like a 2 minute uh a, a 2 minute straight shot of them just making out and Carmela literally taking her tongue and shoving it down Corey Graves' throat. I mean, she uses a lot of tongue. My god. I don't know. The not my style, right? Like, anyway, I don't want to get—I want to get into my preferences for kissing. <laughs> I was about to go off the deep end, say so yeah, I say myself, um, but it was just—it was just flat out uncomfortable. It was too much, and, and and Corey was probably you know elated to be able to do this with his fiance and show her off, and she's she's a very good looking woman. Um, but I don't know, unnecessary is what this was. But another tag team dissolved. That's one. Let's see if we can get two on SmackDown. Austin Theory and the Usos defeat RK Bro and Finn Balor when Theory hit Balor with the ATL. And uh, this was necessary, I think, for Austin Theory to get back on his feet, so to speak, because of the loss he took at WrestleMania by a, uh, a former NFL kicker, essentially just an announcer he lost to. And he ended up just WWE trying to to gain a little momentum back for him, trying to reestablish him as that heel. And I think they did that here, at least in part, everything wasn't erased in one night, you know, all on top of Austin hitting him with a stunner and being kicked out of the ring. So there was some damage control to do on Austin theory. And I think they did that fairly nicely. Now how the Usos were allowed to come to raw. I mean, they're not even bother explaining it anymore. They've just stopped explaining things, but I'm not going to stop asking if they think that just because they continue to do something, that the implied expectation is that people just continue to shut up. Well, yeah, that's not going to happen because that doesn't make it better that you, it makes it worse that you just continue to ignore it and are too lazy to address the fact that you now have people from SmackDown that inexplicably show up. Now Roman showing up is fine. And somebody out there saying, well, by association, they're part of the bloodline. Roman's part of the bloodline. Yeah. Well, that's not how that's not how this works. It's an individual case by case basis, right? If you are the women's tag team champions, Sure. You get to float because there's only one women's tag team championship and they can contend it on uh, and defend it on any brand. Now that Roman has both belts, he certainly has the freedom to come and go. But just because you're a champion, uh, maybe that's the logic, doesn't automatically grant you access to both brands. It shouldn't. But we're not even supposed to ask. We're just supposed to sit there and accept this like good little boys and girls and say, yes, WWE. Yes, WWE. Whatever you say. No problem. You break the rules. That's okay. No, it's not. It's not for me, anyway. Those some a lot of you out there are just like, shut up. Who cares? I care about this stuff because why? Their silence is deafening when they don't explain things like this, and it's a it's a microcosm, I think, of a bigger picture and uh, really a microcosm of the larger issues at hand with WWE. How they view the audience, how they think we care or and or don't care about issues like this. It's a big deal. They they build up the draft. For many months ahead of time, then they have the draft, they tell us about all the rules, and then within a week or two, they they just break the rules. All right. Anyway, moving on, moving on, moving on. Edge and Damian Priest explained their new unholy alliance. So with Priest saying Edge's recent promos uh, felt like Edge was speaking directly to him. That's why he connected with Edge. And uh, Edge said that anybody that stands in our way of our our message will be judged. I love that. I love that. It's great. It's great verbiage from, from Edge and from Damien. Damien did a nice job explaining things, too. And he said he felt a little lost, but he has now been found. And Edge was seemingly speaking directly to him when he cut that promo a couple of weeks ago, turning heel. So. This is fine. AJ Styles ran to the ring, though, and he attacked Priest, but he was taken out by Edge and Priest predictably. But this is clearly not over. Clearly not over. And I I, I I do like this alliance. Now, again, as I said, I think there will be a third person or fourth person added to this match or to this uh to this stable. I think there will be and there should be, because the more the more young talent Edge can help on his way out for good this time, for real this time, the better. And he understands that. He knows he's in the give back, even as a heel. It doesn't matter. You're still helping build those stars. And as a faction, it's also really hard to be babyface because you automatically outnumber your opponent by default a lot of the time. So heel factions are usually a better fit, and I think he's going to do a nice job. Uh, okay. The Street Profits. Defeat Alpha Academy in a is a Texas Tornado match, tag match. Um, the finish came when Montez Ford put Gable through a table with a frog splash. So the Street Profits get a victory. It I, it seems as if the pecking order of the tag team division is starting to take shape. It's I, I, and th- I could be wrong, but this is how, in my mind, how it goes currently. You have RK on on top, obviously, as champion, uh, champions. Then I, I do believe the second spot is now being filled by the street profits followed by the alpha Academy. And then fourth would be the Viking Raiders. That's how I would view the women, the men's tag team division right now. So there, it seems as if they are setting up a one-on-one tag team match between the street profits and RK bro at backlash. I could be wrong. That seems as if the, uh, the, the path that they're taking right now. Okay. And then we get my God, we, we get Roman reigns and you know, With nine minutes left, I was thinking to myself, all right, there's nine minutes. Roman's coming out. His entrance is going to take up like five of those minutes. (laughs) And it did. He comes out and he um, or Heyman ran through the business successes and in-ring accomplishments of the bloodline reigns that he vowed that he would not rest on the accomplishments of beating Brock. Like other people would, but he's gonna show up on SmackDown to talk about what's next. Yes. Uh I I, mean, I I think that's good. It's a hook for Friday. It's a hook for people to tune in, so that's always a good thing. You don't hear WWE doing that a lot, which they should. They don't often leave you wanting more or having a lot of questions. It's always, oh thank God that's over. Right? <laughs> because the show's so damn long. But it's a good hook for Friday, but it also is a very flat ending to Raw. For a Raw that should be raucous. So there there is that. Nothing wrong with that. And I do believe it's Drew McIntyre. Again, the rock, I'm, I'm just I'm done with that right now until it happens. Until, until I hear his music, I won't believe it. I finally retired that. So I, I, it's likely is Drew McIntyre. I mean, I don't know who else on SmackDown he could face. There's nobody else. And McIntyre just concluded his program with Happy Corbin and Mad Cat Moss. God willing. I mean, yeah, so. All right, that is it for uh, the, the the Raw Review, guys. I really appreciate you guys sticking with me here throughout WrestleMania weekend. It was a record-breaking weekend here for the podcast, and you guys are the reason for it. You guys are the reason I'm here and how we're able to continue to grow. If you want to help us continue to grow, so many ways to do it. every Everything from our website going VIP to clicking that Amazon link on our website that, that kicks anything uh, you buy, a small percentage back to the show, to uh, Patreon, to the Apple podcast, uh, the Apple Podcasts ad-free subscription that you can get for 99 cents a month. So, so many ways. You can also just simply give us a five-star rating and review on Apple podcasts or Spotify. Both are really helpful as well. And go check out the kick Ash podcast as well as the uh, done by Ashley Mann and the football function podcast done by Michael Ritter. Both are excellent. You will not regret it. And you guys have heard them on the show many times, but they take their talents elsewhere and are starting to create their own brands, which I think is great. So guys, that's it for me tonight. Don't forget Mr. and Mrs. Casual wrestling fan are coming to you tomorrow. Get your emails in to me at mailbag at And, or you can, if you're Patreon, you can email me message me directly in the Patreon app or, um, You can send in voicemails to the show. I'll be doing voicemails. So voicemails are for me. Mr. and Mrs. Casual Wrestling. going to be taking care of all the messages. So don't forget to send those in. Thanks so much, guys. As always, I'll talk to you later. Take care. Thanks for listening to the WWE podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a show. Or head to wwepodcast.com.